Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and I'm here with some listener mail today with a question that is actually top of mind for me as well, but something that has come up um, time to time from not only listeners, but clients. But what do you do when you have a prospect on the phone and they're asking you for the price? So this was coming from Ricky over at LawVex out of Clovis, California. They are an estate planning practice. She was actually doing an assignment that was going on in the firm with people researching different topics. And she was in intake, so she's doing a lot of research on how to deal with these cold leads that were coming in. And that's when she ended up reaching out. So basically, this was the situation. And I'll actually read the question. Our team goal this month in the firm is to prick an area in our positions and become more of an expert in the area. Mine was cold lead conversion, specifically cold leads who call up just for a specific price, regardless of anything, education, or just sharing information about our firm. Does this mean that they are not a serious lead in general just because they're only price focused? Our goal is five-star customer service, and I want to be as accommodating as possible with cold leads, but there's only a short amount of time in between the lead calling in, price shopping, and me trying to deter them away from being price focused. So this is this is why this has actually been super type, top of mind for us. So um, recently I actually made a sales hire at Case Fuel, and uh, I'm actually going through a lot of the training myself because I was uh, <laughs> responsible for basically everything soup to nuts until recently. So it's kind of interesting whenever you're training somebody to do something that you were doing, you have to kind of realize and explore your assumptions and, and try to make some of these things explicit. So this is a question that I've done a better job about preventing, but at the same time, it's very common for people to ask this question. So the first thing is I try to be empathetic for what the situation that people are in. And I have to say, as far as getting the price objection, and they do consider it an objection, is that it's an inherently tough situation. So the best situation is not to have to deal with that question, but because of how this challenge was defined, this is something that we're trying to figure out in and of itself. So basically, even doing a really, really good job with dealing people after that question comes up, it's not going to look like a smashing success if you're comparing this to people who come in from a referral or some other little bit more high bandwidth channel, because chances are, if they're coming to you, they're already pre-sold on the firm to some extent, or they're brought in, you know, they're bought in um, based on your brand or you know, the, whatever you're differentiating yourself on. So if you can get, I would say 25% of people who ask the price question, if you can get 25% of those people into for an appointment into the office, um, I consider that a smashing success. But um, yeah, kind of going back to the situation, I always try to phrase these these uh, intake challenges from the perspective of empathy. And one of the metaphors I really like is one that Mike Whalen, former guest and also host of the Lawyer Forward Pro- podcast, uh, which I'm a pretty big fan of, used this metaphor that the average consumer investing in legal services like a space alien that landed on earth and is shopping for cereal. So you can imagine this alien walking through the cereal aisle, you know, they're looking at all these colors, designs, you know, languages they don't understand, but ultimately none of that stuff really means anything to them. So this is kind of like the average consumer. They don't understand what you understand as an attorney or as a legal professional. And they're confronted with a list of people. They basically really have nothing else to compare these, uh, these folks on outside of price. And um, I also want to take a quick sidebar at this point. The way that most law firms are marketed online kind of boils down to this. 
So whether you're talking about like a directory like Avo or Justia or lawyers.com or Yelp or referral services like Legal Match or even Google, and honestly, this isn't something a lot of people talk about, but regardless of whether it's ads or SEO, if somebody's coming to you from Google, they saw you next to probably a list of at least five or 10 other attorneys. So anything coming in from there is more likely to lead to this question, which is, you know, why if you have the option, there's other avenues that you might be able to take it. Sometimes this is one of the reasons why you might want to consider taking them, but and sidebar. So anyway, putting yourself in the consumer's shoes, all they see is attorney one, attorney two, attorney three, et cetera. Right. And it's kind of similar to if they don't really understand it, you're a commodity, right? And I'm saying this as a commodity versus a unique, like a commodity in the, the terms of like, a fungible, exchangeable thing, not in the sense that like, oh, you're a hot commodity. No, you're you're a, you're a bad commodity, right? It's like buying laundry detergent or something on Amazon. So you see prices, maybe you'll see reviews, maybe you'll see a picture, that's it. So they basically think that you versus the other five attorneys that are showing up in these search more or less will do the same thing. But ultimately, you know, we don't really have prices, generally speaking, like you would on Amazon.com. But uh, so they're probably going to be calling to get those prices to more or less make a decision the same way that they're going to make a decision for almost anything else that they're buying online. So at that point, if you're playing the game as it's defined by the consumer, and that's another really great sales quote is, you know, unless you have a strategy to sell, you're going to default to the customer's strategy to buy. And in this case, the strategy to buy is let me call everyone, find out who has the lowest price and go with that guy. So for the most part, the only way that you're going to win after the price question comes up is if you're honest to God price leader in your market and that's that's what you're winning on. So again, there's that, you know, honestly, if that is your business model, then, then good for you. And you should be looking forward to that question. But we've kind of gone over in other podcasts. It is a tough model to sustain. It introduces some challenges as you're scaling, especially trying to scale with a good profit margin. So it might not be a direction to go into and certainly not one to to change directions to if you just don't want to deal with this question. <laughs> you know that it's not the case that you're going to have the exact same situation as the other attorneys that are in your area. I mean, what would be the point of opening a law firm if that was the case? But the challenge is now we need to get this across to that person. So really the goal ends up being differentiation and there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. So the first kind of bucket I'm gonna put this into is the passive approach. So there's things that you can build into your process that will make you differentiated regardless of specific content or a specific strategy. And if you've kind of, uh, this is a, a stat that I used to throw out a lot on the show last year after the Clio conference, there were a lot of situations where, you know, the bar is basically on the floor as far as what the expectations are for attorneys returning calls. So believe it or not, you're returning calls, you're probably better than at least half the competition out there or picking up the phone or, um, you know, responding in sort of a reasonable amount of time. So that's a plus. Another thing is how you're answering the phone, how you're being empathetic. The thing is, you know, this this happened to be a question coming from a state planning firm, but uh, people go to attorneys because they either want something that's good in the case of estate planning, or they're trying to avoid something that's bad, which is, you know, in the case of you know, stuff like bankruptcy, personal injury, family law, that sort of thing. So you have to be empathetic to that person's situation, and that's going to make you a little bit more likable. And the thing is that if you know you're calling to people, if the prices are similar, or similar or comparable all things equal, people would probably rather deal with somebody that they feel better on being on the phone with. And again, whether this is you, if you're a solo practice or your staff, if you have a larger firm or you are somebody who's working for a larger firm, that's always something to consider. 
And then another kind of thing too, and this is this is something I gotta take out of the page of um, Gary Falkowitz, another former guest of the podcast. If you can connect somebody to an attorney, especially on a really live transfer kind of situation, again, this is an organizational channel, but it's a great way to differentiate. And obviously you wanna do some qualification first, but that's a really great way to differentiate on uh, if you can kind of think about what the person surveying, you know, five or 10 firms in the area is, is doing. So those are all passive things. So these are things you want to build into your process or consider building into your process that's going to let you win these things just by kind of being a little bit more likable on the phone and just being a, a fun person to work with. The second thing, and this is a little bit more of a tactical approach, is what I call objection handling. This isn't something I invented. This is very, very basic stuff as far as the world of sales, but something that um, not a lot of attorneys uh, like to focus on for the most part. So <laughs> if you're familiar with sales, this is probably going to be relatively old hat, but um, you know, if this is a possibility, if this is something that's new for you, then this should actually be pretty valuable. So ultimately, we have a situation where somebody's trying to make a decision based on criteria that might not be the best. So that person who's calling you and asking, what do you guys charge for a will doesn't know what they don't know. And, you know, just going back to the example of Ricky in California, the deal with California probate is that if you have a net worth over, I think it's $166,250 as of this year, they're going to be subject to statutory fees because of the state for going through a probate. They have to do that. So if that person calling you is a homeowner but, and you know, they're in California and probably a pretty nice place. They have a home that's worth $500,000. They're signing themselves up for a bunch of fees as far as the probate if something were to happen to them, even if they have a will. So if they're dead set on getting a will because they think it's cheap or because they saw it mentioned on their favorite TV show, uh, they don't realize this, but they're signing themselves up for having their family go through the probate process. So if we mention a price, even if we're winning the business, you're not really serving that person because you're signing them up for a situation that's bad that you know about that they don't know about. But the question is, you know, how do we get that across to them? And just for people who are kind of looking for, for extra credit on this, there's a lot of research around this. One of this, this is kind of like an instant classic. It's sort of the, um, the New Testament Bible of, of the sales world as a whole. It's called the Challenger Sale. Came out back in 2011, but the crux is basically by being able to lead somebody it's a much more reliable way to consistently have success in, in having sales success or you know bring revenue into a company because they then trust you as the person who led them to the decision that was best for them. So going back into what to say. So if somebody says, all right, what do you guys charge for uh, working with you guys to get you know will, estate planning stuff set up? Let me go into a specific example of what you could possibly do. So this is an actual objection handle, and um, something actually you know we recommend for for this, but also it's something that you know we actually recommend. I'll have this included in the show notes as uh, just a readable. So you know if you want to um, put this down a sticky note, tape it to your computer monitor, whatever. Here's one that you can use. So I'll give you a classic lawyer answer and say it depends. Ultimately, we really want to get the right plan for the right person. So do you mind if I ask you a few questions about your situation so I can let you know what I think would be the best for you? So if that works, now we've kind of changed a couple of things. So we've more or less taken the ball and we're kind of on offense now instead of defense. And in the process of asking questions, we can do two things. One of which is qualifying that person to see whether they are a good fit for your firm but also getting information that you can use to make recommendations, right? 
So here would be kind of a sample qualification question set for estate planning firm like uh, like Ricky's firm. So do you own a house or property? Do you have any minor children? Are you married? Do you have a, you know, do you have a second marriage? Do you have any children from a prior marriage? And are you self-employed or do you own a business? So you get the idea. So if somebody answered yes to any of these questions, they're in a situation where they're most likely going to be much better off using trust-based planning than a simple will or whatever document they're trying to price up on. So now you're in the position to demonstrate knowledge and let them know that the low-cost option that they're looking for, and a lot of people might have said, hey, look, we charge 700 bucks for a will, we charge 800 bucks for a will, that might lead them into a tough situation for their family. Also, in the process of asking these questions, you've shown yourself to care about their situation in a way that is actually differentiating in and of itself. So if you're the only person who ended up asking the questions, now you're the person who's getting them talking about themselves, which might seem when you ask the question to be a nuisance, but the reality is people really like talking about themselves. So now you've passively also given them a warm, fuzzy feeling about somebody who actually cares about their situation or actually demonstrating empathy by doing that. Now, obviously, there's going to be some nuance to this. If you go through that line and somebody says, well, I don't really care, I'm going to hang up, that'll happen. But for the most part, it's uh, more people are going to be open to that than you think. And again, there's objection handlings to the objections that people make to the handles that you have to their objections, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm not going to go through the entire chess game of intake. But <laughs> if you want to uh, take that again, like I said, if you want to take that line, paste it to your, your monitor, try that out with the next person that asks you on price and let me know how it goes. I would love to hear how it ends up working for you. So a couple things to close out this episode. So um, hopefully actionable tip, and um, I'm really sorry for anyone who's a personal injury attorney. This is probably not a super useful episode for you guys, but for everyone else, uh, I hope there was some value. If you ever have questions about this, the mailbox is always open. So if you guys want to go to casefield.com and reach out, I'd be happy to take a look at any questions that you have. I love user-generated content. I think this is very useful for people. And maybe I won't assume that it's going to be valuable, but hopefully uh, at least one person who's listening to this is going to get some uh, help out of it. The next thing is if you are interested in the intake and sales-based content that we've been putting out here, I want you to go ahead and take a look at the free sales course that we put out called Double Your Case Files. So actually on a second uh, note of the email, we found out that Ricky and the firm actually were fans of the podcast and went through this case, uh, went through this course and I actually really appreciated it. And um, actually when I saw their numbers, I noticed that they were really, really good. So if that's something that you guys are interested in, it is totally free. We'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. So that is it for this week. Go out there. Don't take the customer's questions as the final word and go out there and provide some value to your clients. That's it for me. And I'll see you guys next week on another episode of the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode. 